Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining us. I see a whole bunch of new faces. Um, every Sunday, we offer this phone call to come together and see everybody. I do really enjoy the fact, by the way, that everyone's screens are on. Usually I see black screens. And so whether you're working out or you're cooking, we still love to see your faces. So let's keep doing that. Um, but on that note of doing it every week, we typically do it every Sunday, but we're not doing it next Sunday because it's Super Bowl Sunday. And I know many of you have better things to do, so there will not be a call. Uh, with that being said, we're going to get going on today's call, which I think honestly is a really important call. It's just how to really communicate well with your coach so you can get the most out of this experience, as well as understanding training peaks. What are the metrics that we are looking at to help um, analyze your workout, see that you are progressing each week as you should be, um, and then giving you the feedback we're giving you. And I think it's always helpful to really understand that for yourself. I think I have athletes I've been coaching here for a very long time and they go in and analyze their workouts for me, which makes my job easy. And I'm like, yep. Um, but that's the kind of understanding you need to know of your workouts because once you get into this, uh, a lot of my top athletes, they will go, to the level of coaching themselves through their workouts because they are seeing the metrics not match up for the workout that we've been given them. So just say we give you a workout and it's supposed to be a threshold workout. You're hitting the power. It's an effort of a six. Your heart rate is not even close to that threshold heart rate. Well, middle of the workout, you're going to adjust your power because you know what you're looking for. And now you're going to make the most of that workout that you're in versus waiting for the coach to now see your data and go, oh, that was too easy. We have to up your power and we have to do it, you know, better next time. And, you know, we really didn't get the most out of that workout, but the next time we will get the most out of the workout. And that is the beauty of having a coach is having that outside perspective in making sure we're seeing you progress, but adjusting the training accordingly. Along with that, we need you guys to communicate. We um, can only invest as much as ourselves into you if we hear from you. So building a relationship with an athlete, especially because a lot of you are remote, it's done through email. Um, it's done through training peaks. And so we're going to give you the right information that we want to hear from you. Um, and I hope that all my athletes, every single workout, they go in and they type something, you know, even if it was just felt great or, you know, uh, maybe a little tired today, but as to be expected, it's a Kenyan shuffle. Even though it's easy, we want to hear from you. That really helps us help you. So Ashton, thank you very much. We uh, created another spreadsheet. We're going to go over it and the reasons why we communicate like we do. And uh, if you have any questions, type them in the chat. After each section, we have a bunch of coaches on here. I'm going to present the first section. Harold's going to present the second section. But coaches, if there's anything that I'm missing that you want to add to what I'm saying, please jump in. I'll give you guys an option to do that. So let's get started. Okay. So everything I just said, having good communication with your coach is key to ultimate success. Um, we can see your data points from your workouts, but we don't know the added things that are not shown through training peaks on your pace and power. We need to know how you felt, how you fueled, was there anything affecting your workouts? And we're going to get to that in a second. So here are the training notes um, we want to see. So on training peaks, you can always um, show what was your effort on um, when you give feedback. And we like to see that you can put in a, a six or a seven, but we actually like to go more in depth than that. When you have a main set of the workout, that is what we want to know. Um, and I think that's going to come later on and we'll just address it here. But just say we're giving you a workout that yes, the warm up is easy. We expect it to be. But then once you get into the workout, let's say it's six by five minutes, 
you're starting at 90% of your FTP and you're finishing at 100% of your FTP, we want to know what was the effort as you went through that. Maybe you're starting at an effort of a six and at the end, you're ending at an effort of an eight. Well, you putting a seven on the on the 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 one static number that Training Peaks provides does not give us the big picture of how that felt. And I always like to ask, was it a, a seven because your legs were tired, but breathing was fine, and we can maybe even see that by the heart rate. Um, where is that seven coming from? And if you're like it was equal leg fatigue, equal cardio fatigue then write that in your notes. I feel like that is really uh, insightful for us to know. Um, what was your focus or your intention? And so were you able to focus today? Were you distracted? What observations did you have about your sessions? Were you thinking about your form? How was your motivation? Guys, this is honestly the one indicator for us as coaches if an athlete is going to do well. And across the board, if they're going to improve to the level of their capability. And for some is if they're going to really hit these big goals, they set for themselves of like qualifying to go to Kona, become a pro is, can they drive intention into every single workout, no matter how they're feeling, no matter how easy the workout is. Um, you go to an easy swim and instead of just checking off the box and swimming mindlessly, are you focusing on your form? And then we need to know specifically what, what is it that you did focus on today? What really resonated for you of something we maybe told you through a form video of giving feedback, write that in the notes because, or like if we did a lead up set and you did the specific, you know, kick to swim lead up set. And all of a sudden you felt the most connected in your stroke after that, focusing on just your kick Well, write that. Okay, that's not only going to help you when you get into a race and you want to go back and say, man, it's race day. What do I need to focus on? You can go back to your notes and say, man, if I focus on this, this is what really kept me present. This is what kept me swimming well. But then it helps us give that in your lead up set for future sessions, knowing that that's what's going to help you thrive come the main set. So uh, for your easy runs, don't just check off the box. Make sure you're fueling it well. Make sure maybe your coach is telling you to work on your cadence. Make sure your coach is telling you if uh, you need to start easier and then you can slowly build to your max aerobic heart rate. Do that. You know, do that better than you did it before. Uh, maybe it's posture. Maybe it's your arm swing. Take intention into every single session. There is no junk miles if you're doing so. Um, and then how did you fuel your session I think this is key for honestly every session. It's so funny because this week I'm picking up on a lot of athletes that have been underfueling, not realizing that they've been underfueling uh, around their workouts. And so something I've actually done with my athletes is yes, they're every single workout, they're telling me what they had prior to the workout, if they had breakfast, what they did during the workout. And so it may be a simple note of piece of toast, banana, electrolytes in water pre-workout and then during the workout we like to have athletes break it up in how much did they drink so they'll maybe say 20 ounces how much sodium did they take so maybe a thousand milligrams and we'll say that per hour when the bikes get long we want to see per hour what you're doing and then how many carbs did you take you say 40 grams of carbs and that's the three things we want to see what you wrote and then we may look at it assess how you did how was your stomach on that? Um, and say, okay, let's try more next time. Um, how, what is your level in result? You know, we've talked talk to you a lot about uh, doing a sweat test through Levelin to see exactly how much sodium you're losing, seeing how much water you need to replace. And then are you hitting that in training? And then if you're not, and it's not maybe affecting that workout, but down the line, you're not feeling great. Well, maybe we look back and go, 
it's because you didn't fuel these two, three workouts, and now it's affecting these workouts. So just, it helps us look back, it helps us course correct, and it helps us be better every single day if we write these specific notes. Um, and then uh, outside factors impending, impacting the session, affecting sleep, stress, everything. Guys, the reason you have coaches and you don't have a training plan is because we have to cater your training to your life. You do not cater your life to your training at all. So if you are having a stressful situation at work, at home, sleep is affected, you reach out to your coach and we will adjust the session. If you put stress upon stress, it's just a recipe for disaster and you're going to get burnt out, injured, sick. You have to make those adjustments. You're not weak for doing that. You are smart for doing that. So please keep us in the loop if any of these things are happening. You are still building fitness, all of you. If you just show up and stay consistent in your training, we can still build fitness by not driving a ton of intensity maybe into this week of a stressful situation at work, but still just showing up and, and getting maybe a strong foundation of zone two workouts done for that day, you know, uh, working on our form, working on our nutrition, we're still moving the ball forwards. Okay. So please communicate that to your coach. Um, this is just kind of a uh, recap of what I said. Um, if you guys want to read it, um, I'm going to quickly direct two specific things we do want to see on the swim. So on the swim, it is very hard to go through each and every time you lap your watch, especially if you're doing 40 by 50 and going in, we will a lot of the times look at some of them because we want to see kind of stroke rate compared to paces. And we do look at those things, but it is much easier for you guys. And for us, if you just noted and all it needs to look at is for the descent set times, we want it in every single comment. Um, you know, just say you're doing 50. So just write 44, 42, 40, 38. And we know that's your descent set times. And then your main set interval times, we don't need to have you list every single one. Just say we're doing 20 by 50. You can just say help 40, uh, 40 seconds for the first 15, then dropped off and now was holding 41 seconds for the final. Easy. Okay. You don't have to go bit by bit and no just decimals. We don't need that. And then uh, because we want to drive intention into our uh, swim specifically, what were you focusing on? You know, especially when you're going through these big main sets when you are getting tired through the set, what is the thing that you're um, shifting your mind to, to keep your pace together and your form together? That is something you need to remember to call on on race day. Um, one last thing I'm going to say about the descent sets, not only is that telling us that you know how to change speeds, because we always say go faster from one to four, five to eight. That is a very important skill to learn. But it's also telling us if we are improving, because it's something consistent, we're comparing pretty much all our workouts, but it's also telling us if you're really tired. So just say you're getting in the pool and you've consistently been hitting specific descent sets, but that day you're like five seconds off. Well, we know from based on that, because the fatigue really shows up in the pool more than anywhere else that okay, they're tired. We may need to address tomorrow and back you off a little bit and get you in a position to where your swim is where it should be. Um, so very important to note that um, the bike kind of went through that already. Again, one of the things we've been picking up with my athletes is 
they were fueling their workouts really well, but they weren't doing all the necessary things to, to feel good after the workout. So maybe they weren't eating around their workouts enough. And so we've now started tracking our calories to make sure not that they're eating less to lose weight, but they're eating enough to feel good. Um, electrolytes as well was another thing. And then all the other little things, were they rolling out? Were they stretching to get the fatigue out of their legs? And then we we're just addressing it little by little that way to get them in a position that every time you needed to feel good, you did. If you were a little tired, well, it's an easy ride. That's okay. And that ride is going to work out the fatigue. Um, but those little things help. And then the run kind of same thing. Guys, I'm going to stop for the coaches. Coaches, is there anything to add? And then I'll go to the questions. One thing I'll add on the swim that's helpful, especially if you're newer, um, it's good to give any sort of feedback on what you're feeling in your form. You know, do you feel like you're not grabbing water? Do you feel like your legs are sinking? Do you feel like you, whenever you turn to breathe, you're getting a lot of water in your mouth? All those things can be helpful, especially if we don't have a video of you or like that, any form things that we can kind of work on um, if we don't have eyes on you is is good information as well. Perfect. Thank you, Ashton. Um, I'm going to address some questions. And again, coaches just jump in there and start speaking if you have anything. Um, Conrad asked, so if an athlete provides workout feedback and the coach follows up with a question, does the athlete respond in training peaks again? Yes, it does. So make sure to respond in training peaks again. Again, we like the, the communication there because it's something we can track and go back to. Anytime it's in an email, anytime it's in a text, it's just like that That information just disappears. We want that correspondence to be something that we can pull on when we may be needed in the future. Um, and then honestly, and then I'll tell you this, if your coach hasn't responded to it by the next day, shoot them a text and say, Hey, did you see my response? Cause sometimes I know for myself, like I have a habit of checking Sunday workouts and then I'm on to the next week and I'm looking at those workouts. Sometimes I miss going back. So especially on a weekend, like make sure you're, you're just flag your coach and then they will get to it. Um, Parker body can't tell the difference between training stress and life stress. That's absolutely right. Coach Harold. Uh, yes. Responding training peaks. Yep. Uh, form goggles updated to training peaks in the watch in general. Drawback is no heart rate. Um, Julie, we don't really track heart rate in the water. Um, we track perceived effort um, just because the sensors, um, there are a couple sensors out there that we could start to look at. Um, and, and not everyone has that. We say what in the general consensus, what do people have access to that it works consistently well? And most people don't use heart rate. So if, if you are someone that does, we have maybe one of those traps and your coach no. Um, okay. Yeah, to add to that, um, watch heart rate in the water is completely inaccurate. So I have like a lot of athletes be like, oh my God, my heart rate was so high. It got above 200. That's not accurate. So don't trust it. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have a couple out there now. Um, again, no one uses them. Um, so the watch heart rate is wrong. Uh, the, the, the chest strap sometimes moves around when you're in the pool, etc. Um, okay. It seems like everyone has answered the questions. So perfect. Um, okay. I'm going to turn it over to Harold. He's going to talk about training metrics on training peaks. All right. Hello, everybody. Um, I'm going to go through these metrics that we have right here real quick. I don't want to get too deep into the science of them. So I will tell you this, there is a help search engine on your training peaks account. 
And you can access that by uh, clicking on your name and then clicking on help. If you type in these terms, they'll give you the definition and the formula for them. So uh, anytime you have that, that reference right in front of you. Um, also, another thing, the caveat to these, to these metrics is that you have to have your power zones, your heart rate zones, and your paces set up correctly, or none of these metrics will, will be valid, will be correct. So make sure that you have all your power zones, heart rate zones, and pace zones set up correctly, and you will be good to go. Okay, so first thing we want to look at, the number at the top right there is your, your pace to heart rate or your power to heart rate. All right, I'm going to come back to that one in just a second and skip forward to efficiency factor because we use efficiency factor in the formula for pace to heart rate or power to heart rate. And efficiency factor is just exactly what it sounds like. It's a ratio of normalized power to heart rate or normalized graded pace to heart rate. So it's either your power to heart rate or your pace to heart rate. And as you become a more aerobically inclined athlete, become better at steady state endurance, your, that number will increase. So your power at a given heart rate will increase or your pace at a given heart rate will increase. And you can benchmark this as a measurement of your endurance and by doing a 45 minute to a one hour workout at the exact same heart rate and the same course week in and week out, you can do that. And as that number, as you get better at those, as you get more endurance, your power will increase or your pace will increase and that number will increase, all right? So that's your efficiency factor. It's just a relationship between power and pace as it, as it relates to heart rate. Um, and then going back to number one, pace to heart rate, power to heart rate. This is our, our aerobic decoupling measurement, right? So decoupling just is a, is, a, is a point in time where those two metrics start to go away from each other. So if you're not very aerobically inclined, as you get farther into a, heart rate, uh, into a workout, your heart rate will start to increase at the same given pace. And then also your power will decrease at a given heart rate as you get farther into a workout if you're not very aerobically inclined. So the decoupling number is under 5%, and it's essentially your efficiency factor of the first half of the heart rate as it relates to the efficiency factor of the second half of the heart rate. And both those, number one and two, both just tell us how, how well you uh, your aerobic system is, how good your endurance is. So these numbers, you want to look at them after you've done an aerobic steady state workout. So if you're doing a workout with a lot of intervals, up and down, hard efforts, easy efforts, then these two numbers aren't gonna mean much. You don't need to look at them, okay? The can third number right there, or the third uh, metric there is just your cadence. Harold, can I cadence. quickly say something? Sorry. Yep. Um, I'll, I'll just add, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, um, but I like to look at the pace to heart rate and power to heart rate as an indicator of someone's not fueling or hydrating enough. Would you say correct on that? Because sometimes, Absolutely. yeah. So do you yeah, want? I mean, that's going to play. That's going to play a part into it. So ideally, when we look at these metrics, we want to control for those variables. So, if you're not fueling your workout correctly, I'm not even going to look at that. Right? You need to be fueling your workouts correctly first of all to those numbers to be valid. So, just like you said, it's going to be awry if they don't fuel their workouts well to begin with. Right? So, if you're doing a steady state aerobic workout that's over three hours and you don't fuel that correctly, then those numbers are going to show poor endurance, right? But what you can do is you can highlight a section of that workout and just look at one hour. You can look at the first hour, you can look at the second hour, you can look at the third hour, you can highlight a section and see, okay, well, we're showing good endurance during this one section of that workout. And that way you can kind of almost circumnavigate the, the, the fueling 
mishaps, right? So if I have a three hour workout and I'm showing a poor number from there and they tell me they didn't feel very well, I'm just going to go look at the front first one hour and see how they did in that one hour. And we can kind of compare and contrast and, and discuss that and take a look about that from there. But if they're not fueling their workouts, then absolutely these numbers are going to be off um, because your heart rate's going to increase if you're, if you're not hydrated well or fueling well uh, late into a workout. Okay. I wouldn't, I would say though, that you probably aren't going to see, it's like if their workout was only an hour long, then it probably isn't being influenced too much by hydration or nutrition, but it is longer than that, then absolutely, right? Okay, uh, on the cadence, cadence is just the revolutions per minute or steps per minute. We do look at these at these numbers. Um, they are uh, they are somewhat important. We all Every athlete has a preferred cadence in the run and on the bike, and there are reasons why we would look at this in specific workouts. Um, I like to look at the cadence numbers in brick workouts. We're going from bike session or a bike to a run in one session. Um, and the relationship between those can be manipulated. If we see uh, somebody not having a lot of success, we can try to work around uh, a, a poor cadence strategy and try and see if we can improve uh, on that uh, effort in that workout by doing that. Um, okay, on to number four. Number four is the intensity factor, okay? Intensity factor is a measurement of how hard you went over a workout um, as it relates to power and or, or your, your normalized power or your FTP, right? So if you're at 70% of your FTP for a one hour bike ride, then your intensity factor would be 0.7, right? Pretty easy. So we can, we can, we can look at this number. It's a good indicator of, of, of effort uh, versus your thresholds. And also for me, I like to look at this number if we have, so if you have an, uh, a, a one hour or 90 minute bike ride and your intensity factor is higher than one, then your FTP is, is too low. We need to increase your FTP. So this is a marker for me to make sure that the effort matches up to what we have your FTP listed as. And if you're coming back with intensity factors of 0.9 or one and telling me that that workout wasn't that hard, then I know we need to retest your FTP because it's probably higher than what we have it listed as. So for me, this is a check back on my, on my, um, on my zones, on my power zones to make sure that I have them in there correctly. Okay. We can also subscribe or prescribe workouts or races based on that number as well, if that's a number that you like to go by. So in an Ironman, you know, typically between 65 to 70 ish percent of your FTP over the bike ride and a half iron, maybe, maybe a little bit higher than that, 70 to 80%, depending on what type of athlete you are. And we can go by uh, intensity factor on that. It's basically just a percentage of your, of your power over that workout. Um, and then we'll go to the last one on here. The last one is the variability index. This is a great metric. It's uh, VI. Your variability index is a relationship or a, a, a proportion of a normalized power and average power, right? So your normalized power is the average power that you did over an effort. Sorry about that. My dogs are barking. Yeah. Um, is uh, without the zeros. So it's just an average of the work that you did, whereas average power factors in the zeros. So your average power over a ride should be a little bit lower than your normalist power over a ride if you're riding outside because you stop for stoplights or there's downhills, et cetera. Um, if your normalized power and your average power both equal each other, then that just means that you are giving a steady state effort over that um, course of that workout where there were no zeros. So you can do that on the trainer. If you rode on the trainer 100 watts exactly for one hour, then your um, normalized power and your average power would equal each other. But for most of us, our normalized power is gonna be a little bit higher. And how much higher than average power is indicative of what type of workout or ride you did. 
So if the normalized power uh, to average power relationship is greater than 1.05, then we know that that ride was fairly punchy. There were some uphills and downhills or some hard efforts and some backing off, and it wasn't very steady state. And then if it increases higher than that from there, we know it becomes more punchy and less steady state. So if you're on a flat road and your virtual index or your VI is over 1.05, then we know that you are giving some hard efforts and then backing off and giving easy efforts. And this is a way for us to see um, how the athlete um, responds to the, that type of effort. And or we can use that to prescribe a workout or look at a, a, a race file as well. And say if you're doing 70.3 Galveston on a bike course that's fairly flat and your VI is over 1.05, then chances are you're probably a little too hard and easy or a little too punchy or you're trying to bridge gaps or your, your effort wasn't very steady. And that in turn can affect your run as well. So we can look at that after races and say, hey, you know, um, you didn't run to your potential because your VI was too high. And it's just the relationship between normalized power and average power. Does anybody have any, do we have any questions about that? We've got some chat down here. We do. Yeah. So, um, should we be adjusting swim times in training peaks for time distance, not catch it when using a kickboard? Uh, I, I can speak to that. Yes, you definitely can. You can definitely uh, edit. And that's honestly what I always used to do. You know, when I swim, if I do let my watch run, uh, I would at the end of the workout, if it hasn't picked up that time kicking, then I would just add that time and edit it myself so that my block goes green and then add in the distance as well. I prefer you do that than mess with your watch. I prefer you not touch your watch at all, to be honest. You can definitely let it run through the workout and then you use the clock and you're looking at the clock on the wall to capture your paces versus pushing off the wall, hitting your watch uh, as you're trying to be in a perfect streamlined position, which helps set you up for a really good stroke. And now you're you're hitting a watch and it's taking you out of that. And it's also something that you're now focusing on instead of the task at hand. So my personal preference there. Um, and then you can maybe answer this. I, I, it might be it uh, for you, Harold, or myself. You can use drill mode on Garmin. Okay, Rob answered that. Um, Alex wrote hard, have it to break. Okay, guys, do you have any more questions? Coaches, anyone want to add anything to what Coach Harold said there? Okay, I think we're good. I'm going to stop sharing and then we can see all your faces. Wow, got a big crew today. Guys, thank you so much. Again, as a reminder, we will not see you next week. Um, and then uh, we have a special guest on the week after. Uh, the launch of our carb electrolyte drink is happening in two weeks. So we're going to time it with that. So you guys can be on the lookout for being able to order and try that, which we're really excited. And so we'll be specifically talking more in depth to fuel and, and carbs sources, carb ratios, sodium sources, sodium ratios why we did what we did. Um, so you guys can be informed on your fueling plans when you go into the season. So guys, thank you so much for your time. I hope you guys have a great Sunday.